All right, welcome back, Sooner fans, to the Sooner Surge. This is our full podcast after week four victory. OU beat Cincinnati 20-6, first true road game. Uh, before we get started, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Be a part of what's going on at the Sooner Surge. Uh, turn your notification on so you can be notified for videos as we release them. And, yeah, drop your questions, comments in the chat. We'll be asking questions throughout this video. I would love your comments. So, guys, we heard the talk all week about 3-0 last year compared to 3-0 this year. Uh, well, they're 4-0 now. They're not 3-1. So, I think let's put that to rest. Uh, these are two totally different teams from last year to this year. I think that's pretty safe to say in the way they play and uh, especially defensively. Yeah, the Brent Venables defense is back uh, this Looks like your textbook Brent Venables defense. Uh, Danny Stutzman is the best linebacker in the country, yep. and it's not even close. Uh, if they gave out the Buckus Award after four weeks, he would be uh, returning to Norman with it. Uh, the defense won the game for them today. To hold Cincinnati yep. to six points on the road is impressive. The offense was not clicking. They were not executing. Great uh, game drawn up by uh, Jeff Levy, but the execution just was not there uh, for Dylan Gabriel in the offense, but the defense had their back. Yeah, and I think uh, defensively, man, you saw it all, really. I mean, you saw Oklahoma, I think I talked about on the, the pregame show we had, that they needed to be gap sound, that, that they didn't need to rush up past the quarterback a lot. They didn't. They were able to keep Emory Jones for the majority of the game really contained in the pocket. And Oklahoma had a lot of success because Emory Jones, he wants to get out on the perimeter, create stuff with his legs, whether that's take the deep shot whenever he's outside the pocket, or be able to use his legs to run for first downs. So it was kind of just like something that was very good for the defense. And Stutzman, man, that dude deserves the Buckus Award. I don't care what anyone says. He's the best linebacker in the country. Huh? I yeah, mean, if it was now, but we got a whole we got a whole two thirds. Still of the got season. a whole another part yeah. of the season left. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Hey, right I now. mean that's when he's playing out of his mind. And before Jaron Cannon got hurt, he was playing a great game too. So you know, I feel like Oklahoma too in the open field. The first half they tackled very well. The second half, it was inconsistent tackling in the open field. I felt like they gave up some plays that probably should have been limited to four or five yards that ended up going for first downs because of missed tackles. And offensively, it was just super up and down in the first half. They couldn't run the ball in the second half whenever they were able to run the ball. It was a lot of flags and stuff. So, And just throwing the ball, a lot of overthrows again. Same issues as last year from Dylan Gabriel, man. It was just, you know, I feel like, and obviously the, the pass protection at times was not the best, too. I will give them the Cincinnati defensive line credit for that. But overall, off, offensively, Oklahoma needs to be much more consistent and be able to maintain drives a lot better. Yeah, I mean, 20 points is not – 10 points in the first half is not going to cut it. DG's got to make the throw to Farouk, got to give him a chance. you got to force feed Nick Anderson the ball. I know he had the touchdown. Give it to him even more. He needs the ball more. Got to figure out what is going on at running back. I mean – now, Major and Tawi Walker, I'll, I'll give both of them their credit. They both look really well today. But the Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk, I watched in the Cheez-It Bowl. W why are they not on the field? It's a serious question. And first of all, Tawi Walker, he played really good. I think he's someone Oklahoma should use 
but he's not a feature back. Marcus Major played really well. I don't even think he's someone who you could hand 20 carries to a game. So I, they need to figure out where Barnes and Sawchuck well, are. It, it's crazy. We, I think the roles have been reversed. I mean, coming into the season, we were all concerned about wide receiver room, and we were thinking the running back, no no concerns. And now I feel like it's it's reversed. Well, I disagree with you on one aspect, and that's I do think Marcus Major could be a 20-carry guy, and I think Tawie Walker could be too. I think they're decent running backs, but – uh, yeah, yes, but what but I'm listen, saying is you got to get Barnes and Sawchuk in the game. You got to get Barnes and Sawchuk in the game. I agree, but listening to the Levy's post game presser, it sounds like they're going off week by week on practice and who's practicing the best, and that's who's going to get uh, the playing time. And and that's what it sounds like to me. They're going to do. If that's I mean, the Levy case, pretty much said that. If that's the case, then yeah, play Major and and Walker every single snap. I, I to me, it's just when you see someone play as well as they played in the cheese at bowl with Barnes and Sawchuck. I would like to see them out there because I think Sawchuck can do a lot in the passing game, can do a lot. But Major played well. Major played really well. Once he got in space, and I think part of the reason – I thought Tawi played well. we also played really well. Both of them played well. So in the offensive line, they got to figure that out. Troy Everett did not look good. Hopefully Savion Bird is back next week. But then again, they were playing against a very good Cincinnati defensive line. So. I'm a little shocked that we didn't see any Caden Green. I, 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 it wasn't until like the fourth quarter. Yeah, there, no, that's what I'm getting at. Like I expected it. Okay, if Troy Everett's getting the start, it's for pass protection. Just he's a little better than Caden Green. Caden Green's a freshman that, I mean, it was, I think he said it. Uh, I don't remember who he said it to, but uh, – that last week Bill Biedenbo called him in about moving guard. So it, it's a, an adjustment for him to start playing guard. So I, it's somewhat understandable for him not to get the start. I expected him to still get a good amount of run. I was shocked that it was pretty much Troy Everett most of the game. I, it had to have been because just being on the road, I think. And, he, you know, Troy Everett's got some experience. So I think that maybe – Maybe that's what they were going with. You know, Beatenbo loves the guys that have played and have experience. Yeah. But I agree. Caden Green just way more physical than Troy Everett. I mean, Caden Green looked really, really good against Tulsa when he came yeah, in after I agree. got hurt. I uh, agree. It, and I just oh, go ahead, Jackson. Oh, I was going to say. Also, I felt like the just. Andrew Rame, his timing was off with Gabriel or something. There's a couple of times where it's like he would snap the ball too early. He would snap the ball before someone was set. He didn't snap the Probably ball. Probably the noise. It's the crowd, bro. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I know. But I feel like with how experienced Andrew Rame is, those things, like I feel like he can clean up. But I feel like in the run game, they just weren't getting enough push. It's been the same issues all year. They can't hit the ex- explosive play, which – also, I don't understand why, like, they try. I feel like some stuff that's too complicated in the run game. Like, you would see it at times where they would just get a body on a body. They would have so much more success instead of trying to have a guard pool or a tackle pool or guys just climb to the second level after holding the block for half a second. Like, just simplify everything. Just allow the holes to open up. Just have, allow a natural flow in the zone run game. You guys know what I don't understand. You want to know what I don't understand? I don't understand Austin Stogner on the field every single play. No hate to Stogner. I like him, but I don't see it. I've been the same way, Brody. But today he was starting to get blocking down 
Uh, he was blocking better. Noticeably better uh, when he was out in the block. Maybe I just didn't see it. I, I, I was in the same thing. Then later on in the game, I was like, okay, that was a good block by Stog. Good. I, I think it was a Dylan Gabriel uh, keeper that he yeah. had a nice block yeah. on. Uh, the good thing on the run game struggles, if we want to try to take a positive from it, it's a really good front in Cincinnati that they went against. Uh, that's yeah. going to be really good film to use for the coming weeks. I mean, you got Texas in two weeks, which, again, that doesn't matter for a week. Uh, you have to play Iowa State first. got to win that game before you have to think about Texas. But it's good to have uh, a team like Cincinnati that has a really good defensive front, uh, have them on film so you can kind of uh, – I mean, Coach Biedenboe is one of the best when it comes to watching film to uh, figure out what you need to improve on. Uh, back to Nick Anderson. I don't remember who said it. Someone did on Twitter. Yeah, I did. He, he's the new one, Lee Morris. Uh, he has oh, yeah. four touchdowns on eight receptions this year. Uh, you know, it's crazy. That was the, hey. the production that he has is uh, he's going to be special the more he gets uh, – Settled into this offense, and you want to know who else is special? Andrew Anthony. Oh, oh, man, get him the ball all the time. That catch he had on the sideline. I mean, like you see the plays that Marvin Mims made. That was kind of a play. It's like what Marvin Mims did. I mean, it was just his his ability his ability to track the ball in the air is honestly elite. His speed is elite. His route running is pretty darn good. So, I mean, Andrew Anthony, Jaleel Farouk, Drake Stoops, Gavin Freeman, Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson. This is a wide receiver core that's deep, and that Emmett Jones has really found what he has there. We've seen it like Jaden Gibson, he's getting probably 20, 25 snaps a game. Now, he may not be getting a lot of targets, but he's on the field. The consistency is there. He's catching the ball when it's thrown his way. And Nick Anderson, that dude is a beast. And I think. There's a world in which Anderson leads the whole team in touchdowns at the at the in, in, end of the season. I wouldn't even say that's a shock to most people. Like well, he's probably on pace for nine, ten touchdowns. I would say at this point. Well, he's on pace right now for twelve. Uh, okay, twelve through four games. So uh, back to Andrew Anthony. Michigan must have the best wide receiver core in the country. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how that guy. Never played, never got targets at Michigan. I, I don't get it, like, at all. He, he's he been the best wide receiver on the team. The talent that he has, it's elite. Like, he's an elite playmaker. And you look at his stats at Michigan and you would think otherwise. Yeah, hey, asking you all a question here and love for the viewers to comment as well. But they're 4-0 now. OU's 4-0. Uh, great defensive performance today. But if you had to pick – the number one thing that is the biggest concern for this team moving forward. And what, I mean, what would that be in your opinion? Um, I'll start with you, Hunter. Um, just the biggest concern you see to keep this team from getting their goals. I guess it's just uh, execution on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we've now seen two out of the four games against the two better teams they have played and Cincinnati being the best, and then SMU uh, not far behind them where the offense didn't execute. Uh, SMU, you can kind of blame some play-calling things. Cincinnati today, you can't. The play-calling 
was great. Yeah. That was one of the best uh, play calling performances I have seen from Jeff Levy since he's been at OU. Yeah. Uh, everything like that was there. The execution was not. So with how much the defense has improved, I think it's uh, we're starting to fall back on offensive issues. Yeah, I'll second that. It's It comes down to offensive execution. And I'm feeling good because you know what wins championships? It's it's not the offense. It's the defense. Oklahoma's defense won them today's game. So I'd much rather the concern be the execution on the offensive side of the ball compared to the defensive side of the ball. I, I feel pretty confident when I say I think Oklahoma has the dudes to have a very great offense. And, I mean, they, they, struck, they struggled today. They put up 20 points, and they could have easily scored 42 if they just would have executed a little bit better. I mean, we could have been going into half up 28 to 3. So i just like to see the execution on the offense improve. And it, I think it's kind of a good thing that they had that poor of a day. Now you got it on tape. This is what we need to fix. This is what we need to get better on before we head down to Dallas. Yeah, I would say that I have to agree with what Hunter and Brody just said, you know. And I feel like a part in the execution that's kind of a key for Oklahoma that they haven't had much success at is they're consistently finding ways to get into third and long, whether that's an unsuccessful first down play or second down play or a penalty. Like – all year, you're not going to be able to be able to rely on constantly getting into third and seven or third and ten or whatever it is. Like, you got to have successful plays on first down. Then also, the execution part comes down to the blocking in the run game. I feel like that just has not been good. This could be maybe the worst start to a year run blocking that I remember in a while as an Oklahoma fan. Obviously, that I remember, Jay, I'm sure you've seen maybe worse offensive lines. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad – Offensive line, because I think the ceiling's high, but they're just not playing good right now. Yeah, but Jackson, you just kind of mentioned the offensive line there in the running game. Take that aside. Keep the running game the way it was today. They still should have scored 42 points. If Dylan Gabriel makes throws that are easy, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to something. It has to do with the offense, but guys, we talked about it a lot last year. Some of the same issues that Gabriel had last year kind of came up today. They kind of creeped up, in my opinion. And they are, uh, when a guy's wide open, you cannot overthrow him by 30 yards. If you want to underthrow him where he can make a play on it, he's got 15 yards. That one on Fruit. Fruit had the guy beat so bad, he could have just lobbed it up, let him go get it, and not. you don't have to make a perfect throw there. And same with Jaden Gibson. He had the guy beat by seven yards, and he's got six inches on the cornerback. You can't throw it out of bounds. I mean, nice. you just can't. And both of those, well, one of them, not the frequent, but the other one, is probably the biggest concern for me. And that's if, and you can tie the O-line into it a little bit, but if Dylan Gabriel gets any type of pressure up the middle, around the edge, whatever it may be, I feel like that's when he's at his worst. And what usually happens is you saw it today and things locked out our OU's way. But the backwards pass was just, oh, gosh, here comes somebody. Chunk it. Or, yeah. or there was a screen they set up with Tawie Walker, and you're supposed to let the guys come through on a screen. And they got too close to him, and he just chunked it into the ground. Just throw it to Tawie. It was probably a 15, 20-yard game. And that's my biggest concern is that in the game like Texas, he's never played in that Texas game. Mm. Will Dylan Gabriel be firing on all cylinders – or good question. And and you know why? It to me, he had a good game today. It's not great though. But it's there's gonna be a few games, mark it down, at least one or two games this year, he is gonna have to have a 
great game for OU to win. And one of those, I think, is Texas. And if he does not have a great game against Texas, I think there's a good chance they lose that game. And by great, I mean you got to hit the wide open receiver. Yeah, uh, you you could tell from early on today that the Cincinnati environment got to Dylan Gabriel. He was uncomfortable. There's no other way to put it. From the first drive, offensive drive of the game, he looked uncomfortable. Uh, when that's the case, he does not play well. He wasn't confident as he has been the past few weeks. Uh, but that pitch, like when he just I, – I don't know what he was thinking on that. Like I, I, I really – throw it away, but it's but, backwards. It's like you realize you're in your own end zone, basically. You're eight yards away from the end zone. Scoop score, it's a tie game. It would be 10-10. I think it was 10-3 at the time. Then Cincinnati's right back in, like right there. I mean, the game could be completely altered on that one play. Luckily, it yeah. rolled enough, and then when they started chasing it, they got it out of bounds, all of that. But it's just like – you got to play confident. You got to control what you can control. Uh, got to not let the pressure get to him. Uh, I know when we talked to me and you, Jay, to Anthony Mazzini, he, he, what he said was get pressure to Dylan Gabriel. Make him uncomfortable. Yeah. Cincinnati did that. It wasn't enough. Sooners defense was able to do their job on the other end, but Cincinnati's defense played really well on uh, getting pressure to him and making him uncomfortable from uh, really the first drive of the game. Yeah, and speaking on him just being uncomfortable, that also causes him to to hesitate if he sees someone open, especially 30, 40 yards down the field. He does not want to throw it because he's afraid he's going to overthrow him. His confidence is altered. And there was a couple of plays where there were stoops up to see him on a play. There was Anthony, too, on a play where he was open deep. So it's like those plays, he's just got to not be afraid. Like, it's like – He's scared to throw the interception in a way because he, I think he knows that just his confidence is going to be so so altered, which is kind of just goes up to his head because he's got to know, hey, I'm the starting quarterback at the, at the University of Oklahoma right now. If I make one, like let's say one mistake with how good the defense is playing, it's not going to kill us. So maybe I need to have some guts and take the chance because he does not like to take the chance. And the play where Jaden Gibson in the corner of the end zone, Jay, I think you said earlier, he should have just thrown the ball up to Jaden Gibson instead of tr trying to throw it to the corner where he can run and get it. Give your 6'5 wide receiver a chance. Like yeah. I cannot understand yeah. the point of not taking – Hey, Chance, that's the thing that makes me the most upset is if you have an overthrow or two a game, okay, it happens. Not every quarterback's going to be perfect all the time. But him not wanting to take the chance, him not wanting to have the gut sometimes to make the play or take the chance to make the play is what makes me upset. Because we've seen at times, especially versus TU, he's getting outside of the pocket, chucking the ball up and down the field like no one's – it was no one's business – no, no one cared. He could not be altered in his confidence. So he's just got to find this confidence. Find that Gabriel swagger we saw in the first three games. Well, hey, he looked a lot better running the football today. He did. and He, and, he looked like a dog when he ran the ball. And, and Brody, you. you're right. He looked a lot better. And I'm in no way saying he played a bad game. Oh, he That's played a good game. He I thought he played a good game. game. But what That's I'm saying is that I think there is going to be a couple games he has to play great. Oh, I and, agree. Got to play great in Dallas. 
Dallas, he has to play a great game. I don't think they're going to beat them without a great game. And you know what? There's there's a good chance he can play a great game. I mean, one thing I saw the day out of him that I really loved is coming out of halftime, I think it was, they ran that, that Freeman in motion play, and something was off timing, and he lit into Freeman. I mean, I, I thought that was pretty good of him showing some leadership and then running the ball, like you said, Brody, he got in the end zone. That was a very tough run on that one to get in the end zone. Rouse helped him a little bit. But I think – and if you watch college football today, you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks that overthrow a wide-open receiver. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that's going to happen every once in a while. But you can't – when they are scoring plays like that, when they are touchdown plays, there were too many last year that either he overthrew and we dropped some, and they cost OU the game. I mean, they lost – they had six one-possession games last year. So – and then the fumble today in the red zone, that could have been – in another game, that could have been horrible. So I'm just saying it was a good game. It wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination. But in two weeks, it's going to have to be great. Yeah. That that's really what worries me is again, it was a ruckus environment. I was impressed with the Cincinnati fans. I did not expect it to be that loud for a forty thousand seat stadium. They had the place rocking from the uh TV broadcast, which maybe the audio uh fan audio was a little uh higher than it should have been compared to the commentators, but just from uh reports from media members at the game. I mean, it sounds like the place was rocking. That's what worries me is he never got the chance last year to play in OU Texas. I think if he would have got that game, and it could have still been a 49 to nothing loss, but Dylan Gabriel just being able to play in that environment for one time before this year, I think it would make a big difference. Yeah, but, but Hunter, here's the thing, and we talked about it before the season. OU right now has played two road games, but really only one because TU is not a road game. Their next true road game is not Texas. That's a half and half. It's neutral. Their next, I would say, like, it's rough. Kansas. What? I said I would expect it to be in Lawrence. I expect them to be. Lawrence is the next probably Talk raucous. But, guys, OU travels really good to Lawrence, first off. So, BYU, uh, so maybe. BYU, I mean, the schedule this year, guys, it could not set up any more perfectly for OU. I, I mean. Well. And the Big 12, they were generous on that, but they've been sure to uh, screw us over in other ways. Today we saw it with the note calls. Well, the mystery call, the wide receiver catch where he was out of bounds and they called it a catch. Uh, Let's not even start on the referees. The the Farouk one, that was awful. I I don't understand how you can shove down uh, a receiver into another defender in the end zone and there'd be no defensive pass interference. Is, is there like is, a chance of making a catch? Is it possible? Like, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet this year. I haven't seen one flag. But is it possible that a def- a def- another team can hold? Because yeah, OU, I, I OU's know. defensive line exactly. have been held all year, and there's been not well, one flag. I'm pretty sure they got Adamari yeah, getting a nice big hug. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, there's also a play where, like, Trace Ford, you know, he got hugged good. Stripling got hugged good on a play. Uh, Jonah Jonah Laula, he was close to, like, th- three or four sacks, it felt like. So, it was just like, man, the, we're just going to have to fight through the rest all year. 
point blank period, you're going to have to fight through the officiating. It's not going to go your way, but it didn't go our way really last season at all either. So we'll just see how this year goes. But, you know, I think Oklahoma is maybe a lot, they are a lot farther ahead defensively and also offensively. I think this is kind of a game where you just needed to get over the hump, get this true road environment win. And, and I think, and also, Another thing that hasn't been talked about enough is how they responded from the adversity that they had, right? Like, especially whenever the offense was playing down, the defense bared down, was able to get stops, keep them in the game. And and even whenever the defense would, it felt like maybe start to break some, they'd force a turnover, get a stop on fourth down. The offense would respond with some points. So, like, even though the game offensively as a whole wasn't the best they were able, the defense and the offense really complemented each other very well. Hunter, who who was your uh, the offensive and defensive MVP of the game? Uh defensive. You got to go, Dan Stutzman. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's been the same all, all year. Uh, offensive. I, I'm gonna go. I guess Andrew Anthony. I mean, he had that 50 yard catch. He he's a consistent like safety uh, blanket, really. Like uh, on third and somewhat long, like third and tens. Uh, They've been really loving throwing it to him just past the yardage marker to pick up the first down. He's really uh, connected with Dylan Gabriel in that way. So I'm going to go with Andrew Anthony for this game. Jackson, you 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 agree, Danny? I mean, do we all agree, Danny Stutzman on defense? Yeah, Stutzman. I don't think there's much. I, really- I will say, um, Deshaun McCullough take away the one busted play. Thought he did really well at Cheetah for he almost hit an interception. I was like twelve or thirteen feet up in the air. It looked like like he got off the ground for that. It was yeah. I mean, he had a good he had a good game. I think and, and you know they just I think it's crazy because I looked up one time coming out of a TV timeout and I was like, is that Makari Vickers in the game? And it was like early on. It was and he made the tackle. Ty Walker. He made the tackle. Vickers is good. Yeah. And yeah, they play in so many guys. And it, it's really good to see. I think BV said they played 30 guys on defense. 30. Yeah. Josiah Wagner made a Sooner debut today. So, uh, finally got in. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm hot. <laughs> What's going on there? Yes. It's, it's hot out in the garage tonight. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, I would say that this my is in, It's hot. Oh, go ahead, Brody. Go ahead. Well, one thing me and Hunter talked about on our uh, on the postgame videos was they were playing a lot of Kendall Dolby at nickel when they would get in yeah. third downs. They would take yeah. Desan McCullough off the field and bring Kendall Dolby onto the field in place of him. And I, I was impressed with it, what, what Kendall Dolby did. I'll have to go he back and rewatch really the, in the game. He looked really well. And, and I think we've all kind of thought nickel has been kind of the best fit for him because that's kind of what he was at NEO. He was more of a nickel. So – I, I like the fact that they're utilizing him in the way they are. Yeah, and that's why they brought him in uh, from NEO, like you said, to play nickel and a guy that has experience at the – again, it's Juco ball, but it's still college experience. It's made the transition for him a lot easier. Yeah, Jackson, give us a score update. You keep looking up there at the TV. Who's winning? It's 31-31 to 31 LSU versus Arkansas. Okay. Um, so, t- overtime – no, it's in the fourth quarter. Okay. Hey, uh, one thing that I that I, uh, I I I talked to Jeremy about this earlier. I think on a video is 
I think it's kind of, I wouldn't say unnoticed, but not talked about enough is, are we not used to seeing defensive backs get beat? I mean, the we defensive are. backs on the deep balls, you can, you can throw Kanai Walker, Gentry Williams, Woody Washington. Guys, they are, the coverage is like elite. And it's, yeah. it's Gentry and them are playing real tight coverage up front and they're not getting beat. I, I mean, it, it's almost like a shock to me. I think, Brody, we were watching the game today, and I said, ooh, where's the safety behind Gentry? It's one-on-one. He's playing bump. Doesn't need the coverage behind him. I mean, and yeah. that makes a huge difference in Brent Venable's defense when you can now bring those safeties up and play in the run game. And look at their run defense, guys. Yeah. Cincinnati coming in averaging like 241. They were held at 140 or whatever it was. Emory Jones – Maybe one run on third and like nineteen. He, he had that run. twenty yard yeah. run. Other yeah, than other that, than he that, had he had yeah. fourteen attempts and twenty two yards on all his yeah. other runs. That is good. Yeah. And I remember you mentioned the the Gentry Williams play that one because I remember which play you're talking about on that play. They actually sent Gentry Williams on a blitz, and, and Key Lawrence rolled over and made the tackle to stop them on third down. So. Yeah. They they're just doing a lot more than what we saw last year. They were doing more, you know, kind of. I like what they did. The one play where Laulu had the TFL, or it was the sack, and Stripling was in there as well. They yeah. had, you know, a, little, a different blitz. I mean, that was the type of blitzes we expected Venables to run. Yeah, uh, we talked about it with Anthony Mazzini, me and UJ, on Xavier Henderson. Uh, he's their lead receiver. Was yeah. averaging 15 yards of reception coming into this game. Uh, well over 200 yards in the three games. He had 41 yards today, and of those 41, 22 were given to him as he was out of bounds and the call somehow uh, stood on the field. So a really good job. I just – back to the defensive backs. Woody Washington is uh, – he's every bit of what we expected Woody Washington to be this yeah. year. Gentry Williams, I feel, has done a lot better than people expected. Uh when fall ball ended, uh, fall camp ended, he because there was kind of that question mark of, like Chris Plank said it, well, Woody's the start, starter on one end, but who's the starter on the other end? And then Kanai Walker's been great as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just back to officiating. Like, I, I just don't get it. I wonder what what's the strategy going to be for OU Texas well, because I've, I've, I've no flags called the whole game. I've seen a it's lot of messages be- tonight that Texas has been getting the same uh, terrible officiating from the Big 12 crew in Waco. So is it going to be just a free for all? Like, are we going to be able to do whatever we want and that go for both sides? Like, no, well, holding, no pass interference. Like, it'll, I, it'll I, be- the Big 12 needs to send out a memo for that game so that we can uh, know how to properly prepare. It'll probably be the best officiated game all year for OU and Texas. But here's the thing, and this is what bothers me about the officiating, is you cannot tell me that they haven't talked before the game about about one thing in particular, and that is if it's a close call, call it where it's benefiting the other team because then when they go review it, it's too hard to overturn. Think about that fourth and whatever it was, and they got right on the yard line. If that was called the other way, it wouldn't have been reversed. Same with the catch. But I think they are like, hey, we're going to at least give them the benefit of a doubt. And then if we if it's too blatant, we can overturn it. But it's they, they, they they want to get that win so badly today. Yeah, Brett, your mark was in attendance, uh, obviously rooting for the Bearcats. Uh, the catch, though, 
I mean, the official couldn't even say it. That yeah. he stumbled over his words because he knew what he was doing. It was the wrong call. I mean, yeah. you have to know. Like, they showed it pretty clear. You can see that toe be on the sideline, and they still somehow say call stands. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Well, you know what's crazy? It's like with just the officiating, as I said earlier, you're just going to have to find a way to fight through it. But, you know, I felt like as a whole, just the game, I felt like the rest were pretty consistent in which they allowed the DBs to play, except the Gentry Williams pass interference call in the first quarter, I believe. That was kind of a sketch call. I thought he got his head turned two times, actually, but they called it a pass interference call. But, you know, I feel like overall just this team as a whole, as a defense, is not going to get a lot of calls all all year, but – I think they've shown that they're going to be able to fight through adversity and they're going to be able to make play after play after play. Yeah, yeah I, want to, I want to say two more things on the defense. First of all, I think Ginger Williams will be a first-round draft pick. I just said it. Second of all, this needs to be mentioned. Reggie Grimes made a really nice play today, and he hasn't played too much. I like seeing him. He was a star last year, and he comes in, and he made a good play on that third down. And I'm just you know glad to see him coming in late in the game and making a play. Yeah, and one of the greatest plays I thought to watch today was P.J. Adeboare. Number 34. Number 34. 34, uh, when he's lined up in defensive end, well, he made the he made the hit that almost caused a fumble, but the one where he dropped into coverage and got the guy after three yards, did you see how quick he got out there? It was insane. Dude, dude he's a freak. He's, he's a, a freak. freak, and listen, he, he's going to be a freak, and I heard – I think it was Trace Ford on the Animal talking the other day, and he said, "Oh, he's he could be like top pick of the draft. I mean, he's that that really good." But hey, one thing that I thought today, and it's so encouraging if you're an OU fan, is and maybe y'all thought the same thing. I mean, y'all can answer it. But when OU was up ten to six and they went on that drive, before that drive, all I kept saying, I was saying it to Brody, if. If OU scores and goes up 17-6, it's ball game. Yeah. When was the last time you could say that as an OU fan? Hey, if they can get up 10 or 11 points, it's over. I mean – You never it, could. You, you, it's been a decade, Hunter, at least. I mean, I mean, maybe 2015, I don't know, 16. Oh, so, even then. You yeah, I mean, it's just so it encouraging. Like if, they if, could if one drive stalls and you got to uh, yeah. turn over on downs and – then they're right back into it because you never know on what type of defense you were going to get uh, in those past OU teams. Uh, they'd be great at times. Like 2015 had a lot of great moments uh, defensively and also had a lot of bad moments. Uh, yeah. yeah. 16, hey. 2017, and on and on and on. They all were great at times. Other times just very, very bad. Hey, one thing I want to bring up is, I don't know if Brent Venables and Oklahoma have persuaded anyone more than they persuaded Urban Meyer today. What was it? I, I mentioned what 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 did he say pregame? Because you mentioned he said line. Brody. He said, and then I'll tell that, you what he said postgame. Okay, he said that uh, Brent Venables last year they had a bad season, one of the worst seasons in a long time, and he kept all the coaches. They should have got rid of some coaches is basically what I was saying. I was like, one year in? Okay. And then he said, Brent Venables has 
he has too many fingers on the defense. Which yes. let's not talk about fingers. You know what I mean, Urban Meyer. But let he said he's got too many fingers uh, on the defense, and he needs to he needs to be the head coach, not the defensive coordinator. And that and that's crazy because I, I listened to the post game, the big noon post game. And first of all, Mark Ingram, I don't even know what game he watched, yeah. but Urban Urban Meyer, he said, yeah, Brent Venables, you, you can really tell he, he's starting to, you know, really be involved in that defense. And that's one of the reasons I think this Oklahoma defense is back. So I, I don't know, Ur, they, Urban Meyer, either he was high or they really did some type of, he, he was, he, he liked what he saw today. And, and don't quote me, it might not have been fingers, it might have been hands. I don't know, but it was one of the two. Okay. And he, he was saying how Brent Venables needs to be the head coach. Well, I'd rather I, I'd rather have Brent Venables doing what he's doing right now because it's working. Yep, I agree. His game management's been better. And I, I can't believe someone like Urban Meyer would say that. He was always very uh, involved in play callings. Well, uh, what's the difference like, between I, I just, offense and defense? Yeah, I, I don't get it. Like Lincoln Riley was on offensive call. Yeah. Like, if you're a head coach that was a talented coordinator before you were a head coach, I mean, Brent Venables is the best defensive coordinator of the 20th, uh, 21st century. Like, it's not even close. Like, yeah, go look at Clemson and, right now. Yeah, Clemson's has two losses in September, uh, two years removed from uh, Brent Venables uh, being their defensive coordinator. Uh, you saw the drop off when he left OU. Uh, it got very bad. Like, it's just I, I don't get how you can say he shouldn't be involved in that. Like, yeah, well, State University. Well, something that I noticed from the defense was was from a specific player and a guy that I feel like finally had his game, maybe his best game as a Sooner, but that was Rondell Bopperwood. I felt like he, he, he was backfield a lot of plays. He set the edge very, very well a lot of the game. I believe, did he have a sack or not? I yeah, don't he know. had the he sack. While getting held. He got yeah, held. While getting held, yeah. It wasn't, exactly. just a, it wasn't just a hold. It was a hold, all caps. I mean, that – And then they somehow found uh, Kendall Dolby to be in the neutral zone. When he was that was weird. He was lined up. Yeah, I don't get how something like that. Uh, usually, when a, a call like that is made, the play is blown dead. Like it's not going to be a free play with something like that because it's considered an advantage that could be unsafe for the offense. I, I don't get how you like wait. And it was just oh. coincidentally thrown as Rondell Bothroyd was getting held. They throw the flag, so you're like. Okay, it's fourth down. It's not going to matter. You decline it. Bothroyd got the sack while getting held, and then somehow Kendall Dolby's lined up in the neutral zone. It well, made sense. It, yeah, it didn't. But hey, it's a victory for OU, twenty to six. They are four and zero. Iowa State coming into town, which we cannot wait. listen. It's one and zero every week. Period. So you cannot overlook Iowa State. Matt it's, Campbell's kind of yeah. had. I wouldn't say how do we use number because they'll use one of the games a lot of times, but he usually plays a pretty good game plan. So yeah, hey, this uh, is a lot. But that's because Lincoln Riley was the play caller and he couldn't call a game against the three thirty five or whatever it was. I know it's, they should dominate Iowa. It's State. a it's lot of an Iowa State team. Like they're without their starting quarterback because of the the gambling infractions. Like uh, 
Iowa State is not the same Iowa State we saw. I agree. Rock Kirby, I uh, agree. Hey, hey, hey! What, what's the spread going to be on Bedlam? Because I, I saw a tweet about that, and they said twenty-eight is is a very generous spread on that game. Oklahoma is maybe awful. I, I, like, win another game the rest of the year. Are, are there fans going to start uh, boycotting? I, I, I saw that. Hey, I hope you know it's what's like, bad. It's just like you know what's bad. What this is the worst time in the history of Oklahoma State football to be going this direction. Yeah. You had the Big 12 changing over where you could have been they could the, top of the king of the conference. And, yeah, and and now now it's going south, but hey, what? talking about national games. How about Colorado? Man, what a slate today and hey, Colorado got it handed to him big time and hey, y'all, y'all Dion, better get him now. Y'all better get him now, I he know. says. That's that's what I was going to say is Dion, I heard his post game comments about Great coaching by landing and all that. But the one thing that got to me is when he said, you better get me now. You better get me now. Is it him or is it Colorado? Because he said, you better get me now. It's like, come on, dude. It's a team thing. Uh, Dion was saying that they're not about beating. They don't want Colorado to lose. They want him to lose. So yeah, I think that's what the me got well. Oregon's really good guys. Yeah, it, I mean, I look at Deion Sanders' post game tweet. It's hard to be super negative. Uh, oh yeah, about him after what he said on Twitter today. So yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, I got Colorado over USC. Yeah, I still think I, I. I wish Travis Hunter could play in that game. I think that would be a he's big. He's gonna be difference. on Twitch. Uh, <laughs> gonna he's gonna be okay. playing he NBA play the game. today. Come on, now. Speak, that's, that's how we know that. you're very out, uh, out of the loop in uh, pop culture, man. He was he's on not, his Twitch page. Not on. Well, it was during the game while his team was playing. I don't understand. Yeah, I mean they're down 35-0. I don't really blame them. Yeah. Hey, another this, big this game. Feels like a time but, uh, do you guys know like when the stream got started? At what point in the game that happened? I don't know. Hey, another big game today. Clemson lost. Uh, they, they Scott, hey, you they have should. one job to do: make a twenty-six yard field goal, and you win that game. Probably, you just couldn't yeah. do it. Uh, um, either could Cincinnati. I mean, they couldn't hit a twenty-yard field goal either. Well, that's two. That was a shame. He made a fifty-five yarder. So somehow, every kicker against Oklahoma from fifty plus nails it every single it's time. Yeah. Hey, but who was the today? As far as nationally, who's the Team that you think is the biggest winner of the day, Oregon. I would see it's they were favored Colorado, by twenty. Yeah, like the, you look at the spread, like they were very favored in that game. To me, it's I, Arkansas. If they pull this off. Uh, well, uh, yeah, actually, uh, I would say names up too. So Washington State and Cameron Ward. Cameron Ward of Washington State is a baller. He needs to be in Heisman contention. I I, I don't know if y'all have watched him, but. That dude is – I have not. The biggest I, I, winner is not Arkansas. You're, you're absolutely – If they Arkansas win, I lost. Arkansas, hey, Arkansas lost three. Uh, they is, lost, so never mind. Arkansas, they're, they're going to lose about seven games this year. I don't know what your obsession is with Sam Pittman. Maybe it's that picture that we all saw on Twitter. Maybe that's where it's coming from. <laughs> yeah, but I you hate Arkansas. But so who's the biggest winner of the day? The biggest winner I, I would, is Notre Dame if they win. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame's up there, uh, I guess, of the completed game. I'm going to go Jalen Milrow. 
got the win for Bama. That's a good one. Uh, I mean, last week he got benched. They went with the two other quarterbacks, almost lose to South Florida. Uh, Then it's made Jalen Milrose the starter for the rest of the year. No one thought Bama was going to win that. That was a game that a lot of people were going hotty-totty. Lane Giffen going to pull off the win in Tuscaloosa. Jalen Milrose got it done for the Crimson Tide. So uh, still not a great Alabama team. But to get the win against a pretty good Ole Miss team uh, after the past few weeks, getting benched, all of that, is very impressive for me. So, uh, I think all of us could agree that Oklahoma State may be the biggest loser of the week. Is it them or Colorado? Past or? two weeks. <laughs> um, past I, two I think Clemson's up there. Uh, well, they played Florida State. He's one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, but you know what? You're Clemson. Sure. Well, they've kind of fell off after their minimals last. Yeah. So, I, I, last I saw, Kansas State and, and UCF was in a shootout in the second quarter. I don't know what the score is now. There's about to be a shootout here at 930. USC is playing. You know, hey, the biggest winner of the day. Who are they playing? Good God, did you hear that thunder? My word. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dude, yeah. Okay. Hey, we got storms rolling in. Hey, that. Kansas, biggest winner of the day. That that's another good win for Kansas, guys. Over BYU. Hey, I Kansas. think they're they're four and zero for the second straight year. The first time since nineteen thirteen through they're, nineteen. They're not bad. Their defense still needs work, but but uh, they're QB. Next Oklahoma State head coach. No, if I'm uh, Michigan State, I'm going after Leipold. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if he'll leave. I mean, he's building something really good at Kansas. You got to like what they're doing. Kansas State and is up by – football facilities too soon at Kansas, so. Yeah, Kansas State is up by seven, 31-24, with like a minute left in the third quarter over UCF right now. Did Will Howard play? No. Uh, actually, yeah. I don't know. He has, he has 231 yards and an interception. Sheesh. All right. We're not playing that. Well, hey. DJ Giddens rushed for 170. I would not want to play against Kansas State again. I would not want to play. It's them. about time to turn on Fox and watch USC give up 300. That's right. So, back up. Hey, everybody, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the channel. Uh, just click the button. It's all it takes. A simple click. Please do. Uh, we're going to have a lot of content this week leading up to the Iowa State game. I'm super pumped for a night game, tailgating all day long in Norman on Lindsay Whoa. Street. Night game. Get the lights going. It's going to be a great atmosphere uh, before they head off to the Cotton Bowl. So, yeah, guys. Parents weekend in Norman, too. So Parents weekend. So, should be a great weekend, man. Yeah, hey, big- thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Great day to be a Sooner fan, 4-0. Great defensive effort, team effort. Let's get it. Have a good week, guys. Boomer.